At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Today on the show, we have John Sr. joining us. John Sr. is a peer support coordinator, at least he was, and he is the dude that taught me how to run a room uh, to be a peer support facilitator for our peers. And John and I tag team back and forth uh, to run the room. And it's similar but different because uh, we have different personalities, we're different people, but it is the same mission. So John, thank you for joining me today. Well, absolutely. My pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So the uh, first four Tango Romeo episodes I did, I did them myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've listened to a couple of them anyway? Yeah, every single one so far. Okay. And uh, so far, am I, I got my head up my ass. How are we doing? Like, is there is there anything that I said that you disagree with strongly? Uh, you know what? Honestly, Mark, nothing really sticks out. I mean, it's, uh, it's peer support coordinating is, uh, it's as, as different as every single person has a different personality. Okay. So you're going to run things slightly different. Um, you're going to have certain points you want to hit, but the regardless is the fact is that we work really well together. And so, and I don't have any bad points at all that it really stick out. No, the so, information sounded solid. To it, it does. It really does sound solid. Uh, but remember the, for the audience that, you know, really keep in mind that we have to talk in very general terms. Um, but you also have to, with that general talking, like broad spectrum talking is you need to tailor each person has to be able to tailor it to themselves and how is it relevant to them with the fact that they're being honest with themselves. That's the only way this really works. Okay. And the thing I like about working with military people such as myself and you is that we have that ability at times to really call someone out on something and, and it really works very well when we drill down on certain points, just like we were going to do today, we're going to drill down on a certain point. And we're really going to bear our souls. And that's what's really going to, other people learn from that. I'm not going to drop my pants, John. <laughs> Neither am I. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was a dog not bearing that soul. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. But I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to do this. And I, I think this is a, an ability for, for us to reach out remotely to people that are not able to be in the box like we are when we get in there for our audience the um impetus the driver for creating tango romeo is that we realize that peer support is not as accessible as we would like it to be uh we've been running a peer support group for a couple of years for me and longer than that for john here in southern calgary uh, in Cal- calgary and area and it's tough to find it it's tough to get in there uh, there's a lot of technical issues with um the support services that uh, there's no purpose of getting into that. The bottom line is that it's not as accessible as it could be. And also we've had echoes in the room of uh, people saying, oh God, these are such great lessons and it means so much to me, but how do we preserve these lessons? And clearly we can't be recording them when there's people in the room. I mean, these are their personal stories. However, John and I are, are an open book. So we tell you real stories about our actual lives. And we do that because this is virtual peer support. Operation Tango Romeo serves two main functions. One, it is your 
peer support. All you got to do is tune in, download it on whatever your favorite podcast app is and listen to it uh, in while you're sitting on the toilet or driving your car, but it's for you whenever you need it, as much as you need, and you can tailor it. Uh, pick a topic from the list and away you go. So it's for you. And it's also for, um, for, for us that actually have a person-to-person peer support group uh, to go back and review the lessons. Because sometimes you can hear something a dozen times before it clicks, sometimes 200 times before, oh. Yeah, it's funny you say that. And the reason is because a lot of things I talk about in peer support, so many things I've been repeating myself and it's like, I'm so tired of saying the same thing over and over and over again. But, but it's, it's relevant because people are stuck in these, these traps, right? And they just recycle things all the time. And it's, it's when their person is in the right place at the right time that that switch, that light flips on and they see what we're actually talking about. The other thing is, is, uh, the way I'm seeing it is these recordings here, what these are for is, you know, there's no way we can help people directly with this. And so with it being a virtual thing is, you know, at least this might get the person thinking that maybe I need to go see somebody, you know, maybe I need to contact Veterans Affairs. Maybe I need to go and see a doctor. Do I really have it? You know, this is going to clarify for some people, the doubters. They're like, nah, I'm okay. You know, nothing's wrong with me. Or And give them hey, an I'm idea healed. of what is this uh, peer support? Because the first time you invited me out, I'm like, fuck that. Like, I know, it sounded like a unicorn, right? This kumbaya shit, <laughs> you know? Uh, but you, it just there was something about the certainty uh, that, that you had when you mm-hmm. basically told me, you know, <laughs> demanded that I show up. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. But I did it anyway, and I'm glad I did, because uh, what a difference. And now here we are doing virtual peer support. You know, and uh, the, sec- just, uh, the, the, the second um, thought for this show, what it can be as a resource, yeah. is that, um, and eventually I want to do a train the trainer uh, series kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But th- this also helps with, with the information I have, how to be the buddy. Like this is not a replacement for a mental first aid course. Good. But by by any means but it's it's given you some good tips on how to not at least be a douche by accident yeah the accidental douche you know uh how to be a proper one-on-one peer supporter but also all of these topics if you happen to be a peer support facilitator yeah. or coordinator you can just go through the show list listen to a show and there's your topic exactly it might give someone food for thought and you know i do have to put out there the disclaimer you already hit on here and i just want to reiterate is that this is not a replacement no by any means this is not intended to be a replacement to be perceived or anything this is just for the people that that don't know what they have yet or do need it and look they know what they're looking for that's what this is intended for. This is intended to be a resource. Just that's it. Just like you said in the very beginning, this is a resource. A virtual peer support. Yeah, it's and if a it's resource. all you got, it's all you got. And for a lot of people, exactly. they don't have because um, there's there's this this show is already in 15 different countries. Good. So there's people all over the world that are listening to the show already. Yeah, yeah. So what we wanted to talk about today is trauma has an echo. Yes. So sorry for that seven minute intro, but because um, <laughs> uh, when I did the first bit of trauma. Uh, has an echo, I missed what I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. So it breaks down into two things, blast radius yeah. and um, the asshole that you are gets reflected back to you in the from the people that you love. And, exactly you th- you, and you think it's them, it's their fault. So um, let, let's start with blast radius. Go ahead, John. So so the blast radius is, you know, you, 
some something happens, you're triggered and you just fucking blow. Okay. And people will see it happening in your face, right? And it's when you can take that and you can put it in slow motion, you see the the red coming out of the person, you see the skin change, and you see the cold sweats happening, and you see their eyeballs, their pupils dilate and that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, oh, here it comes. Well, your family, after a while, this keeps happening to them or other people around you are going to start recognizing this, right? And so this, the, the blast radius is you going nuclear, okay? But not understanding the true nature of a blast, okay? So some people, do you think they're going to become immune to it? Are they going, oh, am I used to it? Don't worry about it. But the reality is it does. It always takes a toll. That is the blast radius, and it'll reach from from the person who's right beside you, and most most often is the family member, right? The, the you know your wife, kids, uh, the two kids, and the dog. Okay, they're like, okay, I'm going to leave the room now because dad is about to go, and they don't get the room, and you're nuclear. Boom, it hits. Now what? You could have that four days of silence. The kids are going to not going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to dad today because he's got a really bad temper and he had a meltdown. On, a day ago so he's i know the pattern here the pattern is four days i need to leave him alone kids aren't gonna talk to you for four days that's the echo effect that so you're talking about. i guess the other way of uh, that secondary trauma yeah secondary trauma is the blast radius now we we came up with uh, uh two other ways that trauma is an echo yeah um what what was the one that you talked about how it's almost like intergenerational yeah yeah we talked about that um the intergenerational thing is uh so Say, for example, a person, because of their, their trauma, becomes very OCD-ish. Everything has to be in order, it has to be structured, it has to be this, and it has to be that. So you expect a lot. So what's going to happen is you're going to raise your kid to be, they're, they're going to, in order for them to not be in trouble, they're going to match all your needs. Okay, so their room's going to be absolutely perfect. They're going to be working super hard to get extra, extra hard, you know, grade A's, and all these other kinds of things to live that perfect life for you. Okay, well, now they're going to go into a relationship. They're going to have that same expectation on their partner. So their partner is going to have to conform to this person's needs who initially had them ingrained in them from their parent, from a, from a trauma. And so on and so forth. And so on and so on and so on. Exactly. But, but like an echo, it tends to reduce in, in, in how loud it is yes. the more times it bounces. That's and, right. And hopefully at some point you're breaking the chain. Or you can break the chain early by, yeah. by by getting a grip on your shit. Yeah. Uh, so the the story that I used for intergenerational trauma, which right. is another way of trauma has an echo, is yeah. um, my grandfather. Uh, and both of them were World War II vets, but my dad's dad, uh, who died at seventy eight on Remembrance Day, of course, because you know it's a shit day for us. Yeah. Um. So when he was a World War II veteran, and when he went off to war, my dad was only two years old. When he came back, my dad was eight years old, mm-hmm. right? Uh, eight after six years of war, uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't really come back with a full set of tools of how to be a dad. Yeah. And at the age of, my dad was 15 and his sister, uh, may she rest in peace, was 13. And um, his dad and mom just fucked off. Yeah. They're like, see you later. Good luck. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, they were at, uh, Dawson Creek and, and, and they moved to 
not Dawson Creek, like hours away, wherever, uh, Prince George, I think. Where, right. It was the hell and gone away. It was in the sticks. It, it, yeah, it was, it was like three, yeah. four hours away. They, their parents just moved and said, good luck. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so there's my dad and his sister at 15 and 13, uh, fending for themselves. It's like a game of survivor. They got voted off the damned island. So 15 yeah. and 13 years old and they're fending for themselves. Well, holy shit. And then, uh, so then I come along all those years later and, uh, dad does not have a full toolbox for being a dad, yeah. you know, um, uh, wanted to be desperately wanted to be a dad. Uh, that didn't work out so hot for him. You know, he was uh, a horrendous father and physically, we, physically abusive, emotionally abusive. And so that creates my challenges for my children. And yes. what do you know? Here I think I'm going to be bigger, better uh, 2.0. No, I'm still an asshole. A better uh, 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 than, than my dad was. But um, I'm doing everything I can now to break that chain. So this started yeah. in World War II. Went to my dad, then went to me. And of course, I'm a combat veteran. So yeah. yay, that really helps. And uh, you put it all together. And that's the that's how important it is to get a grip on your shit. Okay. So what I want to ask you now is, have you been able to see the changes and difference? Because, I mean, a lot of people right now outside of this and outside of actually being a combat vet, they they can actually see this kind of stuff from the World War II passed on to the baby boom generation and the, and what's happened with that. And in the sixties, when no, when all those kids grew up and they were young adults and look at the changes that happened in the sixties, they were a direct result of the echo of the dysfunctionality from World trauma from World War II. Yeah. And you see that little bump all the time now, but that's faded away. Now you're going to have the same sort of thing. Re- history repeats itself with the Afghanistan vets. So There's going to be that bump. So if you took that and you studied all those kids from that generation, well, and there, us from the Balkans, right? Exactly. Which, Thank you very much. You're, you're both. That's but, right. Uh, you know, mine was a Balkan tour. Yeah, yeah. The early '90s tour. There's a lot of problems there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll skip that part for now. But anyways, getting back to this now, have you noticed? You know, since that we've been doing these OSIS groups and stuff, these these peer support meetings. Sorry, um, have you noticed? that you're able to see this kind of stuff now, and then you're able to mitigate in some fashion. It's the self-awareness for sure. Yes. And it's, um, and that's the, the power of peer support is that cause we're talking with each other. Yeah. We tell our personal stories, um, and people go, Oh my God, me too. You know, that that's, yeah. that's what's happening too. And it brings that self-awareness, situational awareness, which is horribly lacking yeah. when you suffer from PTSD, you know, uh, and it, just, a to say it for the millionth time, I hate the D in PTSD. You know, I prefer, yeah. I, I, I use the term still because it's the most familiar term to the general public. We should just say OSI and just be done with it, really. Yeah, okay. operational Let's just say OSI and just leave it. For, for the rest that. of this episode, we're going to refer to it as an OSI, which is yeah. an operational stress industry injury. Okay. Okay. Uh, so trauma has an echo. So there's two ways so far. There, we still have another one. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, because your trauma, you act like an asshole, which, and then the, the the people on the receiving end, those closest to you, then they respond like normal people respond, and yeah. and their your anger bounces off of them and back to you. That's right. But the, what you can't see is that you started it. <laughs> that's right, and that's that reflection thing uh, that we were talking about before. Uh, I mean, so so you know, after you admit your initial blast, okay, then you have that holy crap moment, and your family goes holy shit moment. And then you're living with that walk on eggshells for a little while. That's that that setting in period of that 
blast. Again, the echo is that you're going to be sleeping in the room for a while by yourself in the doghouse, or they're just people are just going to be avoid you for a while, right? That that secondary trauma that's setting in, right? That's what we were just talking about here. But the thing is, we need to realize that's the feedback from our initial blast. It's yeah. not a direct hard immediate bounce back so we don't recognize it it's a it's changed just like any any echo has changed a reflection sound wave yeah. has changed a bit us that uh, are that initiated the blast here's one of the challenges and I, I said this in one of the other episodes is that amongst ourselves if somebody blows a freaking cork you know we'll high five them after grab a beer and like fucking whatever that's right and we're just like whatever, it, it doesn't bother us because we kind of expect it and we do it too. And when somebody blows out and uh, we just get over it. That's right. You know, because we're used to that environment. So we expect our significant others or somebody in our civilian workplace to just be the same, but that's not how they are. That's right. I mean, like, you know, just as you said, just I'm going to reframe this for a second here is, you know, when you have a meltdown, you know, hey, you and me, we got this military mind mill going on. I don't care. All right. I will, I will let it go. It just washes right on through me. But the people that don't have that military mindset, they're going to go like, yo, that dude's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and remember, this is for first responders too. It's just, uh, that's the uh, sin of two army guys yeah. uh, doing this episode. It it's, applies it, to every branch. It's, yeah. All yeah. emergency services, it's, it's the same. What it is, it's the regardless of the source of your trauma, mm -hmm. the modality of it, the net result to your life and your behavior is the same. You know what, uh, just to expand on what you're saying there is, is uh, I'd like to say that we're, it's non-gender. Uh, the reason why is because we have army, air force, Navy, RCMP, police, whatever it is. Okay. So what, that's your gender, whatever branch of service you're serving. Fire that's paramedic. Your, okay. So when we're talking here, even though we're using military language, that's because what we're familiar with, it does apply to everybody. And it's non-gender speak. Okay. So yeah. just take it and broad stroke it that way. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Okay. John, are we missing anything on trauma has an echo? Um, you know what? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think uh, there, there could be a story here that we can discuss really quickly and briefly that you talked about in your first episode because this one here is intended to be a tag along. So you talked about the steering wheel in the car, Remembrance Day. So just to drill down into that, just a shade more now, okay, in retrospect to the conversation we just finished having and the echo aspect of it, what do you think are some of the takeaways from that in regards to that particular conversation? Well, uh, nothing we haven't already covered, I think, but right. uh, the, the mentality of us, like we were just talking about, um, is that, well, I'll just tell the story again. So Remembrance Day, we've already confirmed this is a, a, a rough day for us. I get in the car, loading up the kids, my wife, and I realize, oh my God, the car was broken into uh, sometime during the night. And with all the associated stresses, I popped. That's and right. I went just melee on the steering wheel with, fuck, geez, God, son of a bitch, kill you, son of a... And, and pound the shit out of the steering wheel. Yeah. Now, if it was John sitting next to me, he'd be like, ooh, dude, are you done yet? You know, are you done? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, let's let's deal with it later. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't have ruffled him. You know, like John wouldn't have been walking on eggshells uh, after that because he's an army guy. But my wife and my children are not army guys. Good. And now, this is where I want to drill down here, okay? So your first reverb 
of the echo in the car, what happened immediately after you lost your nut? What happened? Well, uh, they were, it was the secondary trauma. I mean, they were super walking on eggshells and upset and, uh, scared of me home for days. Well, my kids bounced up back uh, quicker, but my wife didn't. There you go. uh, That was like four days of, she's terrified of me. Good. That's the reverb. Because she has no violence in her life at all. Yeah. So, I mean, violence was our profession. That's what we did was violence. So, I mean, beating up a steering wheel, what's the big deal? But for normal people, it is a very big deal. Good. Now, the other, the, the other reverb to that would be now, so say next year, the year, like the, the year after that particular thing, you get back into the same routine, go in the car. What do you think, what do you think subconsciously they're going to feel? Exactly. Yeah. They'd be terrified of going with me to Remembrance Day, period. Good. That, that echo just keeps going. That, thank you. That is exactly what this conversation was about, was that particular echo. So you, for, for you, they received secondary trauma. For them, that's their firsthand trauma for them. Yeah, for but, you, yeah. you're handing out secondary trauma. They're going to have secondary trauma. But for trauma. them, it's it's primary, and and now they have a trigger point. There you go. So now, now you, for them, Remembrance Day is a is a negative trigger point. Exactly. You built in a trigger point for them, which is Remembrance Day morning. You have your routine. You get dressed. You do this. You do that. The kids and the wife are going to go like, oh fuck, here we go. Okay, pray Daddy doesn't lose his nut. All right. Well, that's it for trauma okay. has an echo. Uh, we are joined to get today again with John Senior, a peer support facilitator. And thank you for tuning in. If you got my six, if you got buddy six, share this show. It's important. Cheers. Cheers. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible, with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. (laughs) 